welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the co-founder of the Jojoba Company, Vicky Engsel. As I record this in 2020, just about everyone I know has an understanding of what Jojoba is, or at the very least, has heard of it. But this wasn't always the case. I sincerely believe that so much of what we now know about jojoba is thanks to Vicky. Despite a long-standing interest in the skin, Vicky grew up wanting to be a teacher, and so she became one. It wasn't until she was trying to fall pregnant that business ownership looked to be a possibility. Little did Vicky realise, however, that the seeds that grew to become the Jojoba Company had been quite literally planted many years prior. I will leave the storytelling up to Vicky, but the events that led to Vicky leaving her teaching role and launching her skincare company are perhaps the best example of serendipity that has ever been told on this podcast. When Vicky co-founded the Jojoba Company with her father in 2008, very little was known about Jojoba. Today, thanks largely to Vicky's background in education, Jojoba is one of the most in-demand ingredients in the world. What I find so refreshing about Vicky and about the Jojoba Company is that unlike many beauty brands, they never fearmonger. As Vicky tells me in this conversation, the goal was never to stand for what they don't have in their products. What they celebrate is what they do have in their products. Of course, this interview was recorded remotely, and I do think that now is a particularly good time to be spotlighting local businesses like this one. In this conversation, Vicky and I discuss what she has dubbed as the oil revolution, what an ingredients claim is and why they can be so dangerous, and how to bring the skin's lipid profile back to how it was at the age of 22. Your father owns a farm on which he now grows jojoba, but if research serves me, this wasn't always something that he grew. So did you grow up around nature or was this idea of nature and natural and organic living something that you were introduced to as an adult? So I was definitely introduced to it as an adult. I grew up in, I guess, in the rural kind of areas of Sydney, but in Sydney, mm-hmm. as and my I lived with my parents. My dad grew up in the country areas of England, and he always yearned to get back to England, and not well, even not even necessarily England, but just get back to the country life. He's always yearned to be in the country. So for him, he always wanted to get back to the country. So he bought the farm once all of us kids had sort of grown up and left home. He went off, and that was his thing going off um, and buying a farm. He initially planted things like rice, barley, wheat, prunes, which he makes into plum, uh, plums, which he makes into prunes, um, all those sorts of things, which was he was exporting. Um, and so, no, it wasn't always a jojoba farm at all. Mm. No. So you were introduced to that a bit later in life, but if we cast our mind a bit further back, do you recall your very first memory or encounter with beauty? Oh, my very first. Look, it would have to be from my mother and as a very young child trying all her little Avon lipstick samples and um, being given all her old makeup and um, all that sort of thing to play with as a child. I think that was my 
very first, but I think growing up then as a teenager, um, going to the shops with my mum to get my first skincare regime, which of course was the Clinique three-step. Of course. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone has come on this podcast who didn't start with Clinique three-steps. I know. And, you know, which colour are you? Were you one or two or three? And and it, so, you know, I, I've always um, looked after my skin. I've always been into skincare. Um, yeah. And, of course, that was my very first encounter, really, Clinique three-steps. A classic. I would love to hear more about your upbringing because I understand that you were a teacher prior to launching your brand. But when you were a child, other than playing with mum's lipsticks, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Believe it or not, I always wanted to be a teacher. I've always loved kids. I always loved teaching kids. I used to, I've spent my whole life dreaming of being a teacher as much as I did love um, skincare and I loved other things. I think in those days too, um, there weren't as many options for women. You know, you kind Mm. of dreamed of being a nurse or a teacher or one of those things. You didn't sort of look much far beyond that. But I loved being a teacher and I wanted to be a teacher and that was kind of always my dream, which I fulfilled. What kind of teacher were you? A primary school teacher. So oh, beautiful. kindergarten to year six, they're gorgeous. They're so cute. So, and I, I loved it. I loved my year's teaching. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. How funny when I, I love, I find it so interesting when people knew what they wanted to do from yeah. day dot and yeah. you've got to do it. I know. I did. And I, yeah. And I love, it was, it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. So you've mentioned in there that you you did always have a bit of an interest in skincare. Was that was it anything beyond just enjoying applying products? Did you ever think, you know, perhaps down the track this is something I could pursue? Look, as much as I probably did have a big interest and I I probably would have loved to have pursued, I could never see a way that I could pursue it. I think Mm. it was, it would be nothing that I would act upon. I think my main interest sort of um, always was thinking, I always wanted to pursue something in naturopathy. I wanted to be a naturopath. So as a teacher, when I moved into natural skincare and and natural herbs and supplements and that sort of thing, um, I could see myself moving into the natural wellness for sure. That was Mm. sort of more where I could see myself going. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you were a teacher and I yes. read that it was while you were trying to fall pregnant that you kind of decided to overhaul your lifestyle and embrace all things natural. Talk me through that time. What triggered that? What advice were you given and what did you learn? So we'd been trying to fall pregnant for many, many years, <clears throat> my husband and I. Um, we'd been through numerous IVF cycles. We just kept failing. We couldn't work out what it was. Nobody could tell us why it wasn't working. There was nothing wrong with either of us, but yet nothing was happening. So um, we went to a fertility naturopath mm-hmm. and um, she had us strip everything back, both in our eating, so we were not eating wheat dairy we weren't drinking alcohol we weren't exposing ourselves to any chemicals and even when we'd fly in a plane we had to take anti um radiation drops and all oh, sorts goodness. of things like we went the full way like we were you know really really um doing everything we could uh, as far as what this naturopath was telling us to do we were taking liquid herbs we were taking supplements we were doing everything we were tracking um cycles we were we were doing everything and i guess um i learned a lot about 
what natural living can do and how, how it can make you feel. So I stripped back my uh, skincare that I was using and I moved to more natural skincare. So I went really got interested in ingredients and this is where my real love for natural skincare came because I couldn't really find a great natural skincare range that that would work for me. I tried lots of different brands and back then it, we're talking nearly 20 years ago. Well it was not really labels. a category then. Not at all. It wasn't a category. There were a few brands around and of course Jojoba was around. Mm-hmm. So my naturopath recommended to me that I use Jojoba and she said to me look it's safe, it's hydrating, it's natural, I think that would be a great thing for you to use. And I said, oh, yeah, but I must need something else. She said, well, just start with the jojoba and see how you go because I was struggling to find it. But I do know that uh, I felt more energetic. I felt healthier. And I know that, um, well, in the end it worked for us. We had our beautiful yes. baby who's now 15. So um, that is in the end what worked for us. All the other things that, you know, stripping everything back, going natural, stripping everything back to nature um, worked for us. I was telling my mother about your story earlier today and how you were told that, you know, start using her hoba. And she said exactly what you have said, because this came up in my research. You're told, okay, apply this to your belly. But at that time, you could only get it in these no. tiny, tiny little bottles. So it's a wonderful product, but because my mother was told the same thing. Yes. Because it's, it- it's a real magic ingredient, but she's like, okay great this is early (laughs) 90s not a whole lot available exactly and that was a lot of the problem for me then my naturopath said yes you know go and get some ahoba and of course I had this massive pregnant belly I think I could get the biggest size was about 30 mils oh god on a pregnant belly and then and I was using it on my face I was using it everywhere Mm. it wasn't lasting at all I was just going through so many bottles of it but, um, you know, that that's what could you do? So, of course, you know, when I found out my dad was growing on his farm, I nearly died. <laughs> this, Yeah, see, this, I, I read this over and over because it is just absolute serendipity. I love a moment like this and, <laughs> oh, this is one of the best. So you've been told this by your naturopath. You're pulling your hair out because you're like, I can't get a bottle bigger than 30 mils of this magical oil. And your dad on the farm says to you, have you heard of jojoba? I'm growing it. What do I do with it? Talk <laughs> me through it. Exactly how it happened. It's exactly how it happened. Unbeknownst to me, as far as I knew, he was growing rice, barley, wheat, um, all those sorts of things on his farm. He had been to a farmer's expo um, where the CSIRO was exhibiting a new strain of jojoba called Wadi Wadi jojoba um, mm. that they wanted farmers to introduce to the Australian soil. Um, it suited the Australian climate, it suited the Australian soil, and they wanted farmers to try it out. Well, he actually wasn't sure it was going to work. He had a spare little plot. He planted it. It takes eight years to yield a crop. So he didn't really do much with it or say anything about it. And so here I am going along my life. I don't bother telling him that I'm using jojoba. Why would I tell my no. dad I'm using jojoba? It's not going to naturally come up in conversation, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> exactly. And he didn't tell me equally that he hmm. was growing a jojoba because it was just something that he planted and left. Finally, when he got this crop, we happened to be at a family lunch and he sort of said, oh, have you heard of a hoba? And I said, oh, gosh, yes, I love that stuff. I used it through my pregnancy and I'm raving on about how much I love it. And I said, why? And he says, well, in a sort of a smug way, he says, 
how much do you need? You know, I've got litres oh. and litres of it. And I said, where? And he says, I've been growing it on my farm and I've just got my first crop. Well, I just, I just said, oh, my gosh, like, my first thought was, I have an endless supply of a Hobart. This is going to save me <laughs> so much dream. money. Yes. <laughs> and that was my first thought. And then sort of when it sunk in, I said to him, what are you going to do with it? And he says, I honestly don't know. He says, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And I said, well, give it to me and I will um, bottle it up into um, little bottles or bigger bottles so people can buy it in bigger amounts. I said, because I have had so much trouble buying jojoba in smaller amounts, mm. in, in larger amounts. And so he just sort of looked at me and said, oh, really? Like he hadn't even, you know, hadn't occurred to him that that's, um, you know, something that women would want. So, yeah. God, it all just, I mean, the timing, just the time. Uh, oh, unbelievable amazing. timing. I happened to be on maternity leave with my son at the time and um, I was due to go back teaching uh, a couple mm-hmm. of days a week. And I was ready to go back and it was only when this came up and I, I just thought, no, you know what, this is great. This will give me more time at home with my baby. And also, um, at, oh, I thought it would. It didn't in the end. I think I, think I was busier than my two days <laughs> teaching. It becomes but, a new you know, baby, really, exact, when you start a brand. <laughs> exactly. It did. It actually did become um, the new baby for me. I, I, You know, at the time we were trying for a second and it wasn't happening. So it was great. So it filled that little void for me of that second baby. And it actually did become my second baby. You know, this company really became my second baby. Unreal. Mm. A very, very broad question. We love jojoba. I'm mad for it. My mother's mad for it. Why? What is it about it that makes it such a wonder ingredient? So it's been used for centuries and centuries and centuries by by ancient um, Americans, the um, Indian Apache Indians used to use it to condition their hair. Um, they've used it for centuries. It's not a new it's not a new ingredient whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is that it's not an oil. It's actually a liquid wax ester, which is the closest botanical match to our skin's natural oil. So our skin naturally produces wax esters when we're young. Um, And as we grow older, we start to lose those wax esters. Jojoba replaces these wax esters um, and it actually activates your skin's natural intelligence to help the skin to help itself. So whatever sort of skin condition you have, people find that jojoba will help that condition. And that is because our skin is smarter than we think. And when our skin gets jojoba onto it, it actually behaves in an intelligent way to help the skin to help itself. So instead of adding chemicals to your skin to fix the skin, what you're doing is you're putting a hobo on the skin, which lets your skin help itself. So it's a really unique ingredient. Um, and, yeah, it, it, people love it for good reason because it is so unique. It's such a nice time to be working something like that into our routine as well. I feel like everyone's skin is so stressed. It's nice to kind of pair things back. and Totally. Mm. Some people use it as like a detox. You know, they'll... they'll um, strip everything back from their skin and they'll just use a hobra and they find that it sort of resets their skin and helps them to restart again with nice, healthy, um, you know, skin from the beginning. So um, we find that a lot with a lot of people. And that's what we all want, isn't it? (laughs) So where did you go from there? You've had this conversation with your father and you've said, let me bottle it. We can do something here. But then where did you go from there? How did you physically get started? So. 
we, oh gosh, it was a long, we started just bottling the jojoba. So what we did is we decided I had to source bottles. Um, we had to source pumps. We had to work out a name. We had to trademark. I mean, all those things you have to do when you start a business. And it was only after we learned, the more I learned about jojoba, I already loved jojoba, but I didn't know about why I loved it. I just knew I loved it. So the more I researched it, the more I learned about it, the more I realized what an amazing ingredient it was. And in fact, yes, it's great to bottle up into bottles, but this should be in skincare. I kept seeing these ranges out there, you know, rosehip oil-based mm. ranges and argan oil-based ranges and olive oil-based ranges. I'm thinking, why has no one ever done a jojoba <laughs> range? Jojoba is the perfect ingredient um, for a skincare range because it actually, because it's not an oil, it actually um, works to carry active ingredients down deeper into the skin. So in the past, you know, people did have this um, idea that natural skincare didn't work as mm. well as, say, chemicals. But a lot of the reason for that was that um, natural skincare, need, you need something to penetrate the skin, something to carry those active ingredients down into the skin and in chemical products it's chemicals whereas in natural products what do you use jojoba does the exact thing it carries whatever you ah. add to it deeper into the skin to actually elevate the benefits of whatever you're adding so the more i learned about this the more i realized that my goodness here is a natural range and actually selfishly i wanted to i wanted it for me because <laughs> i wanted a, a really great natural skincare that i could use for me that i knew would work really really well as well to be really efficacy and work really well so um then we got started to actually um produce a range based around jojoba and keeping jojoba as the heart um, and, and a highly efficacious range. So, you know, sourcing um, other ingredients that would complement the jojoba, equally natural and pure and beautiful. Um, yeah, it, it was a it was a very long process, and it was a very, <laughs> it, but it was a fun process. I loved every minute of it. Good things take time. Yeah, You've got a number of ranges now for all different skin types. Do you remember which range you started with? Yes. The, sta the range we started with was the nourishing range. So it mm -hmm. wasn't called the nourishing range back then. It was just called our skincare range because we only had that one range. So mm -hmm. um, it's now become our pink range, which is kind of like our uh -huh. everyday range. Yes. Yep. So jojoba is our jojoba range. That, of course, was first. And the second range was the nourishing range. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all, like our original. Yeah. It's all falling into place. Yeah. Given that you were a teacher prior to launching the brand, you're not a chemist. Did that prove difficult when you were, obviously you'd learned a lot about what the ingredient could do, but did it prove challenging while you were trying to conceptualize new products? So sort of, not really, because um, throughout all my years of trying to get pregnant and changing to all things natural, I had such a knowledge for natural ingredients mm -hmm. because I knew what I was looking for. So I had done so much research on natural skincare. So I knew which ingredients I liked and which ing ingredients worked. In addition to that, I actually did reschool myself and did a diploma in formulation, oh, um, wow. natural formulations. So um, I actually had learned how to actually formulate, not that I actually formulated these products, actually, you know, did it myself, but um I wanted the knowledge so that I could conceptualise products better. And I also went to a lot of ingredients courses. I familiarised myself with um, ingredients manufacturers and I went to many, many courses learning about it. 
And we also have a fantastic aromatherapist and cosmetic chemist who I love. She's just beautiful. Um, you know, she's become a friend of mine. We are so close and we just work so well together. We, we sort of run things past each other and we bounce off each other. And, you know, I'll say, what about this ingredient? She'll go, oh, no, that won't work. And what about this one? And we just work so well together. And we have done since day dot. We still have the same formulator um, and we still work so well together to kind of um, work out the best product that suits our, our brand and is what we all love. I love that. If there's one thing I've learned from doing this podcast, it's that a good cosmetic chemist is worth their weight in gold. <laughs> She's worth everything to us. We <laughs> love her. She's amazing. And um, yeah, it, she's she's worth everything. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that the growing process takes, was it eight years? It does. Yeah. Oh, well, well look, you know, uh, between five and eight years, the first year is always longer. I think it takes a uh-huh. bit longer. And every year you get more and more up to about eight years. So you probably get a yield after about five years. And every year up to about eight years, you get more and more. So by eight years, you're probably getting your full yield. Oh my goodness. Mm. That process aside, because that's exhausting to even think about, can you talk me through the product development process? What is that process and how long does it generally take from conceptualizing the product through to it being available for consumers? So it's quite a process indeed. (laughs) It involves a lot of research, as I said earlier, um, a lot of um, looking at complementary ingredients that are going Mm -hmm. to work um, with our lovely Wadi Wadi Jojoba. Um, We look at consumer uh, needs and and our business needs and we look um, at how they're best going to work. Um, we we work as a team usually in the company to come up with an idea for a product and then I'll usually work with the formulator to formulate um, what it's going to be going to be like we'll get quite a few samples the first samples usually just um, the colleagues in the office and a lot of my friends and our, and our work colleagues friends will all try it and give our honest feedback people are really good at being honest nowadays good. it's great we need yes. that oh we do in the beginning people were like oh it's nice it's like no do not you need to be honest if it's not nice tell us everyone so needs great. a circle of trusted people <laughs> that can deliver the honest <laughs> feedback and we have them now which is fabulous um and we usually we usually get to about three different samples where we go wider each time so of course the first lot you know we we only sample a few people Mm -hmm. and then as we get closer to what we actually want to launch we're um sampling it with quite a few people so we do get a lot of um feedback from people as to what they think and if they would buy it and and that sort of thing so that's a long process and we have to look for packaging and something that's going to work to if it's if it's a thicker cream is it going to pump out is it going to go into a jar how are we what are we going to call the product there are just so many things it's such a lengthy um process and usually from the concept of a new product right through to it actually appearing on the shelf probably would be between about 18 months and probably two years. It just Ooh. takes a very long time. Yeah. Worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. We put a lot into it. There's a lot of research that goes into every single product that we produce. I mean, it's never just done quickly. There's always a lot of research because every ingredient that goes in is important to us. We don't just put an ingredient in for the sake of it. Every ingredient has a purpose. So, um, everything that goes in that's going to be good for that and that's going to be good for that and and so yeah it's a very long process <laughs> <laughs> now something that i love talking to founders about on this podcast is this idea of creating an entirely new 
category, which is something you have absolutely done. Your father was one of the very first in Australia to start growing jojoba. And to this day, he's one of only around seven. So how did you go about educating consumers, educating buyers and educating the media about your brand and what you were doing? Well, firstly, I'm a teacher, so that's what course. I've been trained to do um, and, and it's what I love doing. So I took it on as the biggest teaching challenge I've ever had <laughs> because it certainly was. When we first did our market research um, at the very beginning of the company, um, we just did a little bit of market research to see what the knowledge of a hobo was out there. And when it came back, there was very little. Most people had never heard of a hobo. Ah. Some people had heard of it uh, in Weller shampoo <laughs> and they said, oh, yes, you know, I think it's a shampoo product. I think it goes in hair. The, the knowledge of a hobo was just so limited and we knew that we had a massive mountain to climb. We knew that we had a long way to go. Um, we started with... Um, uh, we got a PR company very early and um, we spoke to the media quite often um, they fell in love with the hobo so quickly. Most of the media, I mean, those days it was magazines. So, you know, we'd go off to pack mm. ads or bow magazines and we'd go and talk to them and, and tell them all about this wonder ingredient. And we were teaching a lot of them for the first time about a hobo. They hadn't really been exposed to it and they fell in love with it and they really got behind us. Um, so that was one, one aspect. The other one was we ended up in a lot of retail spaces. So we ended up in um, a lot of pharmacies and health food stores and we would run training evenings for them. So we would ah. get all the staff working um, and they'd come to an evening and we'd provide nibbles and snacks and that sort of thing. And we'd do um, a presentation on our brand, on Jojoba and what's so special about Jojoba and really try and get the retailers on board as well. We also over time got a sales team and we trained them up. Um, well, I trained them up and then they went off and they went around to the individual stores, training individual stores as well. So it's been a massive job for us to do it. Yeah. Um, look, Jojoba now, I think if I ask anyone if they've ever heard of Jojoba, most people will say yes. A lot of people will say yes, I even know your brand. And some people will say yes, you know, I love Jojoba, I use Jojoba. So we feel like, um, you know, what we've done, we've put yards and yards and yards in and um, over the last 10, 12 years and um, it's, people finally know it. People do finally know it. Yeah, it's taken a long time though. God, because you're a teacher. That's why. That's yeah. why. <laughs> well, you know, that's just what I love. I mean, I've always loved education. I've always loved educating. And for me, I took it on as my biggest teaching challenge and, and um, yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, look at you now. <laughs> I think that this probably applies to just about any ingredient, but we will see an ingredient on a skincare label and we might say, okay, so that's also in X, Y, and Z products. So they must all do the exact same thing because it's the same ingredient. But in reality, it's basically the same as food in that not all produce is made and grown equally. So another broad one, what makes your jojoba so special and what are the factors that can alter its efficacy as an ingredient? So ours is so special because we're the only brand in the whole world that produces Wadi Wadi Jojoba. So it's a specific strain of Jojoba that's developed for the nutrient-rich soils of our Riverina wine country area, which is where our Jojoba is grown. So our Jojoba is grown in very, very nutrient-rich soil and a specific Wadi Wadi um, 
range of it, the species of it, to, um, to suit our soil. Most other jojoba in the world is grown in deserts. So the, the soil's not as nutritious um, and, and there is a very big difference to actually the way they're grown because of this different soil conditions and the different strains of the jojoba. The other thing that affect, it makes different jojobas different is the way it's treated. For us, we own the whole process from growing to harvesting to crushing to bottling and we make sure that every step of the way we nurture this jojoba. So we harvest it, we crush it. When we crush it, we cold press, we don't add heat. Now, some people... Um, add heat, you do get more out of the bean if you heat press it um, and you will get a, a higher yield. But we've never, ever added heat. We don't want to destroy the precious nutrients. So Hoba has vitamins A, D and E, omega fatty acids 6 and 9. It's high in antioxidants. I mean, you don't want to destroy any of those mm. precious nutrients with heat. So we always cold press and we actually always use only the first pressing, which is, I guess, if you're an olive oil user, you would call it extra virgin. So ours uh -huh. is... Yeah, all of these words are now making sense in my head. Yeah. So, you know, extra virgin is really just means that you're just using the first pressing. You can go back again and press it a second time, but the quality of the jojoba is nowhere near as high if you press it a second time. And, you know, you can get all sorts of problems. So we only press once and we cold press and we grow it in our nutrient-rich soil. Um, and it's the Wadi Wadi strain is so unique to Australia and it's the only place that you can get the Wadi Wadi strain of a hoba. So not all jojobas are created equal. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that ours being extra virgin and only pressed once, it's also unrefined. Some people refine their jojoba. And unfortunately, when you refine the jojoba, um, it, it loses its nutrients. It'll still hydrate, which is jojoba's best quality. It will hydrate the skin, but what you lose is all the nutrients. So, um, also, ours is unrefined. So, you know, ours is, um, Jojoba is definitely not created equal. And we mm. feel that ours is the highest quality you can get. I just think that is so true across just about everything that not all ingredients are created equal. And mm, definitely gotta, not. No, no, that's right. You got to do your research. I can't believe in all my years of dunking bread into extra virgin olive oil that I did not actually know what extra virgin means. So. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go. We've I think a lot of people think that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are not. I only really learned it myself um, through this Jojoba process of, you know, that tail. It's extra virgin. I go, oh, wow, there you go. Well, that's a fun fact I <laughs> yeah, can serve up with my next cheese board. <laughs> now, I want to circle back to this idea of education for a moment because obviously it is your forte, as we have learned. Beyond education on Jojoba specifically, how did you go about educating consumers on the idea of natural and organic? Because I know so many people are embracing that now, but we talked earlier about how at that time, natural skincare didn't really exist or it did exist, but in a, a very different way to how it does now. Talk to me about how you got people over the line and into natural skincare. So the main way we got people over the line was educating them about jojoba and the mm -hmm. benefits of the jojoba and the carrying benefits of jojoba. So a lot of people, I mean, even a lot of my friends, I'd say, I've got this beautiful new natural product. They go, oh, gosh, no, forget it. Give me the chemicals. Mm -hmm. I need the chemicals. Have you seen my skin? I need chemicals. And I'd be like, no, no, please give it a go. And um, as soon as you explain to people 
about the carrying effects of a HOBA and the fact that they may have used natural products before um, and maybe they didn't make a difference to their skin but they didn't have a HOBA. And the way that we educated people really um, to appreciate natural and organic products was the fact that um, we had a HOBA at the heart of every product mm. and that our HOBA was going to elevate the product and really make it work as well as a chemical product. And I think when people actually tried it, we did a lot of sampling, we'd give people a lot of um, samples to try. When people actually tried it, they were surprised that, you know, they could get the same results. Fast forward to now, um, everybody understands that nature's been around forever and mm -hmm. people have been using nature for their skin forever. And they now know that natural products are very efficacious and um, they work and they give results and you don't necessarily need chemicals to get results but back then you're right back 12 years ago um, it was a hard slog but again <laughs> we went back to our core and that's our jojoba and I think that's what helped us to um, educate people. I love that in everything you've just said but also all of the marketing and collateral with your brand it's not ever about scaring people and saying no no don't use this this is evil it's you're you're really just sitting there and saying okay this is a different way of doing it this is a beautiful product it's a beautiful ingredient why not i just think that's, that's such a refreshing approach it is look we never wanted to be one of those brands that stood um what we stood for was what we don't have in our products we want to mm. stand for what we do have in our products so we've never been out there saying we don't have this we don't have that or you shouldn't use this you shouldn't use that we just want to educate people on this amazing ingredient that we have on what they should use and what we do have in our products so we're all about what we do have in our products i just love that it's so rare in this space your products are 100 natural which is a a word that a lot of brands kind of slap on the front of their products now with a little green leaf and they just whack it on the shelf and see what happens. Those brands can't use 100% in front of the word natural though. They don't have the luxury of using that qualifier. This is another broad question, but what does 100% natural in inverted commas actually mean and how does that differ from other buzzwords like green or clean, organic and so forth? So um, obviously out there, there's a lot of what they call greenwashing. And I think that's the term, isn't it? That everyone's yes. using where someone will use, you know, they'll use 10% natural ingredients and call it a natural product. So when we use 100% natural, what we mean is it has come 100% from a plant. It hasn't been interfered with in a lab. It hasn't had anything synthetic added to it. Mm -hmm. um, there's no synthetic ingredients added. Um, it's naturally de derived. Um, we follow a very strict guideline with our formulations, um, which is called Cosmos, and it's a European uh, certification body. And what they do is they certify natural products and they have a list of uh, ingredients you're not allowed to use they are the strict they're very mm. strict and look we've always been working towards getting the certification for cosmos um in our formulations um it, because they're in europe um you know we we've always formulate to their strict guidelines we always make sure that nothing we use um is on their prohibitive list um and that's where we claim our 100 percent natural from from the fact that we are in line with the strict cosmos guidelines and also that we don't add anything synthetic to our products at all there's nothing synthetic in there at all love it you've 
completely simplified that for us. Less of a brand question, more of a product question. I know that a lot of people with oily or acne prone skin and even combination skin are afraid of oils in skincare. How can someone with an oilier skin type work jojoba into their routine? It's um, the main thing I can say is that jojoba health, skin health itself, as we know, jojoba is not an oil. It's a liquid wax ester which mimics our skin and is the closest botanical match to our own skin. So what it does when it goes onto the skin of someone with oily skin, it talks to the skin, it helps to balance the skin out. We find people experience less breakouts, less oiliness. Um, and that their skin becomes more normalised when they actually do use jojoba on their skin. Um, there are We do have products in our range that are specifically formulated for people with oily skins. We've got a balancing oil, which we've added all sorts of other lovely um, detoxing and balancing ingredients to. And I've talked about them, that one on Instagram. It is have. a lifesaver. It's amazing. And people love it. And people who use it just love it. It's got that natural version of retinol A, that Bacucci oil. Mm. You know, it's got uh, parsley seed and juniper. It's got so many lovely things and proven results. So, I mean, sometimes we'll recommend to people with oily skin, try this one out. Other times people just use pure jojoba. My my son, my 15-year-old son, um, he's at that age where he's getting the oily skin at the moment. Mm. And um, he, he luckily he listens to anything I say when it comes to skincare. And I know. And I said to him, you know, that is I think unbelievably you need- rare. It is oh. rare, but I think it's just because he thinks, okay, this is something mum knows. She's in skincare. Mm. I'll listen to her on this one. <laughs> um, so he I told him to use a hobra and he was a little bit hesitant, but you know, he did it and he just said, oh, my, you know, his skin, the breakouts, you know, stopped and he's got all his mates onto it now. All his mates, every time they come around, they say, oh, we're, we're out of jojoba, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So I think all these oily skin people realise when they start to use a jojoba, it's actually not an oil and it behaves in the complete opposite way that an oil um, behaves and it actually rectifies um, that oily oily problem that you have or the combination or the T-zone or whatever. It actually helps to rectify it. God, I already found you very impressive, but to have a group of teenage boys <laughs> actually caring about their skin. Oh. Amazing. Well, you Can know, you they're... come around and talk to my adult <laughs> boyfriend? Because he's got no idea. Oh, it's funny, is it? I think they're at that age there. They're wanting to impress the girls. They don't want broken out. <laughs> so I think they'll do anything, you know? <laughs> oh, trying to impress the girls is not working on a 30-year-old. I can tell you that. <laughs> you launched the Jojoba Company 12 years ago now. Over that time, what have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen within the beauty industry? Wow, I've seen so many changes. It's quite incredible to have watched the industry evolve over the last 12 years. Um, It really has. We've gone from natural being a very, very small player in the skincare market to actually it being a really major player and people sourcing out and wanting natural and organic products over chemical products. I think that's the biggest change I've seen. Um, That The second change, of course, I've seen is the knowledge of jojoba. Nobody knew her hobo 12 years ago. <laughs> now, 
all these skincare products are popping up and they and they have on the front with a hoba with a hoba and there's all these products coming out with a hoba in them now so a hoba is definitely um more well known i think we're finding more simple ingredients lists when we first started back 12 years ago the ingredients lists were as long as my arm and it was great to have that because the more you had in it in those days the better the product was you know you've got this and this and this and this and we even i even went to a course where they'd say oh you can put this in for an ingredients claim not thinking ingredients claim what's oh. an ingredients claim you know just unbelievable what happened back then but nowadays that doesn't happen everyone wants to simplify um their ingredients list and they just want you know a very small ingredients list that they can understand um i'm finding consumers are so much more educated on ingredients on what they look for in their skincare they know what they want they understand ingredients um and they want something simple that they understand and that's been another big change back 12 years ago people had no idea about ingredients. Mm. They really didn't. Um, and now I think people are just so educated. It's really impressive how educated people are and they really know what they want in their skin. Um, people are following, I guess a lot of it would be a, a social media coming on. You know, you've got your Facebook groups and you've got your your social media influencers and, and people are following uh, beauty pages and that sort of thing. So I think um, that's a way that they're becoming more interest, interested in beauty and, and mm. that beauty is changing. Um, I think although the actual products have become more simplified, I think people are adding more products to their regimes yes yeah I agree with that yeah I think that um you know back I think back to my clinic days of my three-step regime I had <laughs> to cleanse. Time. <laughs> yes. cleanse tone moisturize that was it I didn't even know what a serum was back then you know and a mask don't even you know Ooh. don't even mention a mask you know so nowadays you know people incorporating masks they're exfoliating they're using serums again it it's part of the education. I remember um, talking to a Korean girl quite a few years ago and um, she was telling me, oh, Koreans have eight steps to their, re their regime. And I thought, are you kidding? Eight steps? Why would anyone do that? Well, <laughs> I think I'm getting close to my eight steps now. <laughs> you know, I think we're catching up to that Korean trend of lots of steps mm. in our regime. So I think that's also changed. And the last thing I think that's changed is I think oils, like we've been mentioning. Um, back 12 years ago, nobody used oils. Um, you know, a bit of rosehip was around, but oils just weren't used very much. And I think now people use it as a step in their regime. You know, talking about adding to regimes, mm. one of their steps is their oil step. So, and I think that's very new as well. So I've just seen so many changes throughout my 12 years. I love the changes. I think they're changes for good. And um, it's really good to see everybody so educated nowadays and really making good choices for their skin. It's a very exciting time for beauty, I think. So yes. those are some of the changes that we have seen. What changes do you think we can expect to see from the beauty industry over the next few years? So I think one of the big things that we're going to see is more um, homegrown, Australian homegrown becoming more important, particularly mm. in these times. I think people are going to be more focused on um, natural and organic problem. I think that's going to continue to grow, the natural and organic space. Um, I think that... Um, Things, I think the oil 
revolution, I suppose, <laughs> is going to continue. And I think it's going to move more into things like cleansing oils and that sort of thing. I think they're becoming, um, they're emerging cleansing mm. oils, but I think we'll see them grow a lot more. Again, within this oil space, I think there's a lot more growth in the future in the oil space and what we can do with oils. And as people learn more about oils, I think we'll find they're used for many different purposes, maybe makeup remover and cleansing, and there'll be lots of different uses for oil. So I think that's another big growing one. I think we'll also be seeing lots of alternatives, to, natural alternatives, to already really, really popular synthetic ingredients. So an example of that would be like retinol A, for instance. Everyone, mm. you know, everyone uses retinol A. Everyone loves their retinol A. It makes a massive difference to skin. There's new ingredients out there now um, that, you know, people who maybe can't use retinol A because it might be irritating to them. I know my sister can't use it. She breaks out in rosacea every time she uses retinol A, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and she, you know, she would love to be able to use it. Well, there's a natural alternative to retinol A called Bacuchiol, which is quite a new ingredient. And um, it, it it proves to be as efficacious as um, retinol A. It has all the benefits without the harsh side effects. So, you know, you've got ingredients like this coming up for people who don't necessarily want the harsh retinols, but they still want the benefits. So I actually think we're probably going to see a lot more of those types of ingredients coming up as well and people who might have sensitive skins being able to use and have, be, have those sort of ingredients more accessible to them um, because there's something... Um, that will work for them as well and, and perhaps not break them out. Hmm. Vicky, my final question, what is next for the Jojoba company? Oh, wow. So <laughs> there, there are so many things coming up for us um, and so many plans um, in the immediate future and something we're constantly doing is because we started 12 years ago, um, one thing that we're constantly doing is updating existing products and we've just done that with our brand new um, Ultimate Youth Potion. We've added a lovely patented active ingredient called L22 to it just to give it some proven results, to give it extra um, benefit to the skin. It's going to it, it, just very quickly, it brings the skin back to the lipid profile it was when it was 22. And we were so excited Ooh. by that ingredient. It was like, we have to add that to our, our hero product. Um, you know, I think for us, we would love to make more jojoba-based products, um, you know, using our pure jojoba more, like I said earlier, and, you know, the oils becoming more of a trend for us. Um, we're going to use our jojoba more from the actual oil perspective and perhaps bring out, you know, some more cleansing products. Um, we've got a, a calming jojoba in the pipeline that, you know, a lovely calming product. We recently brought out a hand sanitizer to obviously help with the times at the moment, which we're giving free for um, all of our customers just to help them at this time. We've had such a great response to that. Um, people are asking us to, you know, to, to formulate it and make it to sell. So that might be in the pipeline for us that we may bring, which is something I would have never dreamt that we would be mm. a hand sanitizer company. But, you know, we move we move as things are moving and um, changes as as required. So um, we'd love to expand our jojoba offering. We'll always be committed to our core ingredient, our jojoba, um, as, as our core ingredient. So um, anything else that we can come up with that's um, going to hero our jojoba uh, is definitely um, 
something that we're going to work towards so yeah we've got so much in the pipeline so many things we want to bring out um yeah and um it's just exciting it's an exciting journey that was Vicky Engsel, co-founder of The Jojoba Company, which you can find on Instagram at The Jojoba Co. To read my interview with Vicky, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts, you've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.